Hi, this is Dr. Mini Malhotra and welcome to the Better Prescription. As a physician, I have always wanted to help people understand that there is a better way of taking care of your health away from prescriptions and procedures. And this podcast is a tool that will not only help and guide you to a natural root cause approach, but which will also discuss cutting edge research, which will tell you how you can prevent disease, but also reverse them if they are not too advanced. So today I'm going to talk about your gut health or your microbiome and your brain. A lot of study has been done in the recent times with the microbiome. Earlier people, you know, did not believe that there is a gut-brain connection and that anything going on in your gut is connected with any kind of thing at all. But there was a research that was done in 2006 by uh, Jane Foster and they worked with two groups of mice, one with a healthy selection of microorganisms in their gut and the other one which did not have a microbiome at all. And they noticed that the mice without gut bacteria seemed less anxious than the healthy equivalents. When placed in a maze with some open paths and some walled-in ones, they preferred the exposed path and the bacteria in the gut seemed to be influencing the brain and behavior. So that means that your gut microbiome or your gut bacteria actually controls your brain. And uh, uh, there was another uh, study that was done uh, in Canada, in Hamilton, and, and it was actually rejected. And she rewrote it and it, she was, it was rejected again. And people didn't buy it. They thought it was like some artifact. Finally, after three years and seven submissions, she got an acceptance letter. So just imagine there was so much of discredit that was given to anything that was that didn't fit into the conventional world. Another neuroscientist, uh, John Cryan, uh, joined uh, the field about the same time as Jane Foster did and uh, and knew exactly how she felt. And he thought, began talking about the connections between the bacteria living in the gut and the brain. And he said that he felt very evangelical. And he recalls at one Alzheimer's conference at which he presented in 2014, he said, I've never given a talk in a room where there was less interest. So can you imagine? But today, however, the gut-brain access is a feature at major neuroscience meetings. And Kryan says he's no longer this crazy guy from Ireland. And thousands of publications over the past decade have revealed that trillions of bacteria in the gut could have profound effects on the brain. And it might be tied to a whole host of disorders. And uh, now there are millions of dollars actually being um, uh, invested in exploring this connection. But along with the, that explosion of interest has come hype. Some gut-brain researchers claim or simply imply casual relationships when many studies show only correlations and shaky ones at that, you know, uh, and many, sh many which are not very authentic may say that have you actually found an actual case or have you just found another effect? In recent years, however, the field has made significant strides. Rather than talking about the microbiome as a whole, some research teams have begun drilling down to identify specific microbes and mapping out the complex and sometimes surprising pathways that connect them to the brain. And this allows uh, causal attributions to be made. And studies in mice and uh, preliminary work in humans suggest that microbes can trigger or alter the course of conditions such as Parkinson's disease, autism spectrum, and more. And therapies aimed at tweaking the microbiome could actually help prevent or treat this disease. In IDEA, some researchers and companies are already testing in human clinical trials. So what are these pathways that connect your gut 
to the brain. So scientists are starting to explore how gut microbes can influence the brain and experiments mostly in the mice have identified the ways in which these microbiome might be involved in some cases of Parkinson's disease, autism and other conditions. And studies also suggest that the microbes could help in some situation. So in Parkinson's disease, a strain of E. coli, that's a bacteria in the gut, makes a protein called as curly, which can prompt other proteins including the one called as alpha, uh, alpha synuclein to misfold. And some researchers suspect that these misfolded proteins then transmit the er error up the vagus nerve to the vagus nerve to the brain. The vagus nerve is your 10th cranial nerve which connects directly from the brain to your gut. And the microbes can actually talk through this nerve to your brain. So where misfolded alpha synuclein is linked to disease symptoms. So in the motor neuron disease, the bacterium Ackermansia uh, mucinifila makes a molecule called nicotinamide, not as, known as vitamin B3, that seems to travel to the brain and improve symptoms of motor neuron disease in mouth models. So sometimes when you promote this acromancia in the gut, so you can actually now segregate typical uh, different species of this microbiome and you can add it into the microbiome of people who have disease by either oral probiotics like spore bio probiotics or even by fecal transfer. Uh, autism spectrum disorder. Studies in mice suggest that an infection in pregnancy can set off a cascade of activity. In the mother's gut, uh, there is a segmented filamentous bacteria, you know, uh, stimulate T helper 17 cells, which is part of the immune system. And this produces immune molecules that travel to the fetus brain and provoke an autism-like behavior. So in its early disease, the many new therapies of some of these intractable brain disease is exciting particular given how easier it is to manipulate the gut than it is the brain. And giving therapies into the brain has been long-standing cha challenge, but you can sure as hell challenge the microbiome, right? So in 1817, uh, James Parkinson described one of the first cases of the shaky palsy that became known as Parkinson's disease. And the individual develops numbness, prickly sensation in both arms, and he also noticed that the man's abdomen con uh, contains considerable accumulation of stool or feces. And he actually gave a, uh, a man the laxative and 10 days later his bowels emptied and his symptoms were gone. So Parkinson might have been on to something. Some people who develop the disease experience constipation long before they even develop the mobility problems. And many researchers have embraced the idea that the disease begins in the gut, at least in some cases. To understand this idea, it's useful to know a little bit about the Parkinson's disease. So you get tremors, stiffness, slowing of movement, appearing as the neurons responsible for coordination of motion begin to die. Why these neurons die isn't fully understood, but a protein known as alpha-synuclein seems to have a key role. And in these, in people with Parkinson's disease, this protein misfolds. And the first misfolded protein causes more to misfold until harmful clumps known as Lewy bodies begin to form in the brain. So what triggers this cascade? This gut bacteria can produce proteins that have a similar structure to the misshapen alpha-synuclein. And these bacterial proteins may provide a template for the misfolding. And uh, 
there was a research done when uh, rats were fed a certain strain of E. coli and it produces one of these proteins called as curly in the gut and sh- saw the more alpha synuclein accumulation in the animal's brains. And later on, this work was published. It's not yet clear how the signal uh, in the gut reaches the brain, but one likely conduit or way is the vagus nerve. The vagus nerve connects the brain stem to many organs, including colon, making it the longest of the 12th, 12 cranial nerves and carries signals between the brain and the rest of the body. It's really actually a high wave, if you see. And research in human and animals have suggested there's a crucial role in sending messages between the gut and the brain. A common therapy in 1970s for stomach ulcers was to remove part of the nerve to curb acid production in the stomach. But in recent decades, researchers noticed a strange side effect. People who have undergone the procedure seem to be more less susceptible to Parkinson's disease. So in a study that was done in mice, injecting a misfolded alpha-synuclein into the gut produced it in the brain. But uh, the researchers, if the researchers first removed the vagus nerve, then no alpha-synuclein appeared in the brain. So that injected alpha-synuclein actually stayed in the gut. So that means that your vagus nerve, uh, you know, connects to the brain and, and it transmits the error through the vagus nerve from the gut uh, until the proteins in the brain eventually misfold. And there are experiments which are being conducted to see whether this curly protein in the gut can still prompt Parkinson's disease in mice who have had the vagus nerve severed or removed. Because the misfolded proteins are hallmarked, several other conditions that affect the brain include Alzheimer's disease, ALS or amyotrophic lateral sclerosis, and the bacterial proteins could be also implicated in these diseases. And that bacterial amyloids or proteins are, uh, aren't the only factors to consider. Parkinson's, for example, is a complex disease that presents differently in different people. And this could be one of the ways of getting started. How do we hasten the decline? So the proponents of the gut-brain link uh, uh, say that the microbiome could do more than just trigger some cases of the neurodegenerative diseases, but it calls also have effects on the severity. So many researchers uh, saw how ALS can develop. Some people with the disease progress slowly, but others deteriorate rapidly. And they wondered whether the microbiome helps to explain those differences. And uh, they began to work on uh, the most common ALS mouse models. When they wiped out the microbiome with antibiotics or used the mice which lacked the microbiome from birth, they saw a much more rapid progression of the disease than in the mice with a normal microbiome. So then they compared the gut bacteria in ALS with those with the healthy littermates and found that several microbial species that seem to be linked to the disease. And then they transplanted those species one by one into another group of mice without any gut bacteria, identifying two species that made the ALS symptoms worse. And one seemed that made, uh, makes it better. And how does this strain that only lives in the gut impact so amazingly at the disease which is focused at the brain? So the culprits could be the bacterial metabolites, small molecules which are produced by the bacteria that can enter the bloodstream, travel around your body. And half of these molecules in the blood are either made by the microbes or the mod- or modulated by the microbes. And then it was also researched that what 
metabolites are being produced which uh, by the beneficial or the good good gut bacteria one of the molecule was nicotinamide known as b3 and um, b3 was given to a mice which were prone to ls they found that this molecule entered the brain and improved the symptoms so we could prove that if there is a bacteria which produced a good uh, you know white a uh, good nutrient it would improve so there is a product of the bacteria which could actually uh, prove that it was swimming to the right target and doing something favorable when they compared the microbes with people with als and those with the unaffected bacteria family members they saw less nicotinamide in the individuals with als and the metabolite is readily available as a supplement and at least one group has tested b3 as a treatment for als in a small trial and they gave it to uh, participant for uh, with als for 4 months and those in the treatment group actually showed improvement and all of the people in the placebo declined in their health so this is just the very beginning of many more research and many more uh, things that will be discovered you'll start understanding that the effect of microbiome could expand well beyond where the microbes actually live and the effects could pass from one generation to the other take autism spectrum disorder for example the causes are still poorly misunderstood but infections in the mother during pregnancy seem to increase autism spectrum disease in her child according to the epidemiological studies and there was a swedish study which with 1.8 million people whose those whose mothers had been hospitalized for any infection during pregnancy had a 79% higher risk of being diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder and research in mice also supports the link so to mimic an infection researchers injected pregnant mice with double stranded rna which the body sees as a viral and their pups exhibit more repetitive behaviors and anxiety than those born to mothers who weren't injected and interacted less with other mice symptoms that mirror those with people with autism spectrum disease so i gave you a lot of information a lot of research that has shown that you actually you have another brain which is sitting in your gut so the brain and the, your gut microbiome really influences many things that can go on in different organs and you have different species of the good bacteria like bifidobacterium lactobacillus ackermansia uh, which you need to promote uh, by eating fermented foods by actually eating good uh, leaf uh, vegetables you know having more vegetables in your diet more fiber feeding your microbiome so in our practice uh, my unique methodology cope cellular detoxification optimization of hormones performance nutrition and enhanced mind mastery we actually focus a lot on gut health to improve health we follow the 4r protocol which is remove replace repopulate and repair uh which helps the gut not only just repair but also re- repopulate good bacteria and that makes a lot of difference uh i still remember when i was in residency and there was a, a resident who started getting this psychotic behavior and he was admitted in in the psych ward and um, and he actually had some diarrhea so they gave him an antibiotic and after getting the antibiotic his symptoms went away of psychosis which shows that that if your gut microbiome he had dysbiosis or sibo or something which was causing those symptoms so it's very important you can also get your gut health analyzed and 
you have it, it is shown that in people who have obesity or diabetes and other metabolic disease they overgrow certain bacteria in their gut which influences these diseases so by changing your gut microbiome you can not only change your brain health but also your metabolic health and also help with weight loss so that's all i have for you today i'll talk to you another again in next week with another topic send your questions to dr mini at anchorwellnesscenter.com and share this with your friends and family and give us a review a good one take care and have a great rest of your day bye